Hey, what's lefty? going on? Hey, Lefty. Hey, Lefty, what you say? What's good, Notre Dame fans? Lucky Lefty Nation. Welcome to the wrap-up show. Notre Dame, 44 to 34 winners over North Carolina. Man, shout out to Jordan Botello on the spread saving sack at the end of the game. Spread saving. Not a lot of people were holding their breaths thinking that North Carolina was getting ready to come through that back door and spoil all of you that put money down on Notre Dame getting the four points or either getting the three and a half at home. Uh, this series has been nothing but short, nothing short of uh, entertaining, whether it's at North Carolina or at Notre Dame. The last time these two teams faced off in Notre Dame Stadium, uh, 93 points went up on the board and a total of 1,032 yards. And, uh, that was one of those games. That was Ev and Marquise Williams at quarterback. And tonight, you know, Jack Cone mixed with Tyler Buckner and Sam Howell put on absolute offensive show. We'll get into it. As always, we are featured, presented by Anora Whiskey. Go to anorawhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey. I am Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. As you can see over my shoulder, I got my good luck charm. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. The greatness that is sweetness over my shoulder. He brought some good luck to me as I was watching the game. That's right. And, um, Malik Zaire, that guy, the original lucky lefty himself at overtime, Malik. We'll get into what uh, some interesting things that Brian Kelly had to say at his press conference, and then we'll get into some stats. And I know it's an interesting point that you want to bring up that we, as we text back and forth during the game. Uh, let's just start out. Notre Dame jumps out early. Uh, Avery Davis with a seven-yard touchdown pass from Tyler Buckner. The RPO, the quick screen. I hope we – I want to see more of that, you know, yeah. from Notre Dame. See more of that. It's been there all season, and now they're finally using it. Uh, then Ty Chandler comes back. North Carolina ties it up in the second quarter at seven. We get a field goal to go up 10-7. They tie to 10. Kevin Austin then shortly before the end of the half. And th this was the drive after we go up 17-10 on that 21-yard uh, touchdown pass from Kevin Austin. So allow them to come back down and get three going into the half, shift their momentum. Instead of going up seven, you go in up four. They come back out. They get a stop or they get the ball back first. And Ty Chandler, this is one of those plays. Well, I'm sure you're going to point this out with the point you had to make. 53-yard touchdown run. We come right back. It seemed like every time North Carolina hit us with a counter, we came right back with a right cross to let them know, no, not tonight. The upset's been happening tonight. Jack Cone, 20-yard yard, 20, hey, the wheels on Jack Cone tonight. I think I think he was like, I'm sick of seeing uh, the sub out when they're running the ball. I need to show y'all I can do both. Yeah, yeah. Logan Diggs yeah. then doubles up. These you know, teams. It's, it's making the point, like you're saying, which I had to, I have to talk about it because it's it yeah. really eating me up. That the two quarterback system, you know, I I get it. I think you know it's hard to score in the red zone. We saw him try to do the trick of Medica where they sub Tyler out in the timeout, put Jack in to do the run play that Tyler was probably going to do. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. But at the end of the day, I don't think 
I think when we saw us score, like when Jack went in in the two minutes and scored, and I think that's something that if we could do that in two minutes, let's why not get more points out of the half by sticking with him the entire half? I think if the benefit of the two quarterback system was to somehow generate more points than 17 and a half, then I would be like, okay, that's obviously catching the defense off guard. But yeah. I mean, but seeing Jack run that touchdown today about 23 yards out, seeing him being mobile today. It's almost like why are we disrupting? Why yeah. are we disrupting the flow? I mean, it looks like Jack is, is got comfortable enough to say I can do it both. <laughs> and I give it to them. They call a timeout down in the red zone. They come back out with Jack Cone. Tyler Buckner was out there before the timeout, and they come back out with Jack Cone and run the quarterback draw. It's like <laughs> it's like Tommy just pulling out all the stops. Yeah. He had all the answers tonight. We'll get to Brian Kelly and how he spoke about that in the press conference. And a, and a few, Logan Diggs then scores from one yard out. You go up 31 to 20. And then one of the plays that Brian Kelly talked about saying, look, we have to communicate better. And you notice if you have elite secondaries, you always, especially with bunch formations, you always see the DBs talking to each other and making hand gestures. Something like that just can't happen. You see these controls. Yeah, you give up the 32-yard touchdown to Antoine Green. And then Kyron Williams with the play of the game. That 91-yard. Look, man, <laughs> these guys, they have to come into the game knowing about that stiff arm. Yeah. I mean, they, you, you got to see it on film enough. You can put guys six feet under the third. Yeah. Time after time again. But the dynamic ability he has, being able to be shifty, Running people over, stiff farming. I mean, the kids got, and the kids got a uh, breakaway speed. We saw that today. I think he's put the whole package together, and then you know that that long touchdown that he had took away the fact that he sat out for a little bit. I thought it was a scary uh, injury. I thought at first comes back in and gives us performance after performance. I mean, at this point, he could just sit on ice and get he still to take get into the lead. Yeah. Then uh, after that. DJ Brown comes up with the big interception. They tried to run an RPO and get the ball to Josh Downs once again. I have a question about Josh Downs versus Drake London for you as well in a few seconds. Okay. To stretch it out to 41-27, and then Sam Howell ran from about 23 yards out to get it to a seven-point game before Notre Dame took about six minutes off the clock, got a field goal to seal the deal, and then – Let's close it out with the sack. North Carolina tried to score towards the end of the game. They couldn't. Final score, 44 to 34. Both teams, look, once again, 1,082 yards of offense tonight. 1,082 yards from both teams tonight on offense. It was crazy. We knew that Notre Dame, and I would just like to say, all of you lucky lefty nation, um, members and everyone that follows us, you know I won the bet tonight. You know about <laughs> yeah. the bet that I had with Malik, and I said that they would score 40 points in the second half, more than likely against North Carolina. Yeah. Talked about it this week on the slant. They did it for me. 44 points tonight. I forget what the bet was, but we'll I have to go back in the archives. 
That's like mom. Gotta drop the cash at me. You gotta replay the tape. Baby. <laughs> you gotta give me a chance to get it back. My God. My God. I'm glad you betting on the on the upside of the team, though. You know, that's that's all that matters. You getting on the upside of it. My God. So let's go to Brian Kelly press conference. He he talked about Tommy Reese and how happy he was with the fact that Tommy Reese had answers every time North Carolina tried to change something. He had the answers and had more answers than North Carolina had for their offense tonight. I don't know that they got us as much as we went to something else when they wanted to take it away. We had more, we had more answers than they had tonight in that respect. We had not had those, those answers before. Um, you know, spreading the formations, getting the ball out on the perimeter, you know, uh, throwing the ball in the seams and, and then allowing that to set up runs were some of the answers that Tommy was finding while they were trying to take something away. So, yeah, it's like, I mean, North Carolina was just outmanned. And I think we kind of knew this as we previewed this game, just looking at their defense. They don't rush the passer. Undisciplined. Don't tackle that well. Don't stop the run. And Tommy Reese was like a kid in a candy store, man. It was like whatever he wanted to pick off his playlist, he knew he could work with it. And uh, they did try to take away Michael Mayer early. They bracketed him a lot. And, of course, you know, Avery Davis. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, Lorenzo Styles is a problem. <laughs> Lorenzo Styles Jr. is going to be a problem for a long time in this Notre Dame jersey. You hear me? Right. That's right. He's going to be a problem. And I'm not blaming that drop on him. I'm blaming it on Jack. No, he don't no, 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 no. I already know where you're going. I already know where you're going. Bro, he had two hands on the ball. He, had he, got, he has to bring he, that in. He's he a guy, to bring that he's in. He's a guy that's got to catch it running full speed over the shoulder. I see oh, it should have been a touchdown. It should have been a touchdown. I know it will fuller when I see it. Right. He's not going. That's not. That's a bad ball for a guy like that. Because he, he too busy running past everybody on the field. So you blaming Jack on that one? I'm blaming Jack. I'm blaming Jack. Hey, my problem with Jack. You know why I'm blaming Jack too? Because that Kevin Austin touchdown, he gave it all his might. <laughs> and Kevin Austin had to catch it back shoulder. No, no, that was supposed to be back shoulder. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're so shady, bro. You're so shady. You're so shady tonight. That's what we're doing tonight? No, it's <laughs> It's the perfect example, you know. But but you know what I love about Jack though, he knows his strength and weaknesses. But what I like about it is that he don't care, you know. And and for a guy to have a tough mental capability to keep subbing in and out all game, yeah. With a with a freshman, it's, it's tough to do. It's tough to do, but he's making it work, and I love to see it. Yeah, offensively, Jack Cohn had another fantastic game, 16 to 24, 213 yards, and very efficient, ran in for a touchdown. Shout out to Logan Diggs, who got his first touchdown in the Notre Dame uniform, uh, going up over the top. Yeah. And um, once again, before we get to the defense, let's see, we have Michael Mayer, Kevin Austin, and Lorenzo Styles Jr. all over 50 yards received. And don't forget my man Avery. And Avery Davis with the bubble screen for the touchdown. Yeah. Big catch. Avery had a big drop, too. He Avery. did have a big drop. He yeah. had a big drop. But you know the thing about Avery is that 
he's a guy that you forget about when you're studying him for the game each week defensively. And he'll pop up and have big catches throughout the game. Yeah. And Lindsey went down and, and for the Renzo Styles to come up and, and and make those plays like it's almost like that refreshing to see, you know, and, and for us to be a better team just overall to North Carolina, you know, Tommy could have closed his eyes with some of them calls. I mean, the run that if you can pull off a run like Kyron did, 91 yards on a broken play, right? Let you know that we're cooking on offense that day. Yeah, I totally agree with you right there. Sam Howe, we do have to come into this game. North Carolina was one of the best teams at third down efficiency. They were operating at about 49%, converting 49% at third down attempts. Tonight, they go six for 11. I would say two of those six uh, conversions were probably due to a Notre Dame mistakes and poor mm-hmm. communication on defense and poor tackling. Honestly, yeah. poor tackling. Um, Josh Downs, here's the question I have for you. He was 10 for 142. Do you think he had more of an impact on this game than Drake London had on the game last week? Well, I think the the good thing about our defense is that the good and bad thing is that the other team's best player is probably going to have a solid day. You know, they're probably going to have a solid day, but we can neutralize it by just the overhauling that we bring on every phase part of the game that we do. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I think just looking at Josh Downs being able to just convert, 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 run around, run around, run around, it's good. It's almost like empty calories. I mean, they came in, they came into effect in a lot of moments in the game, but overall, it just didn't look like it would ever be enough, which is a good thing. You know, that means we're cooking on all cylinders out on the offense and special teams. Kyron had a big return yeah. on special teams too. I mean, this kid is everywhere, so Kyron's definitely leading MVP of the team so far, but. From the standpoint of uh, what Josh was being able to do, I mean, with a secondary that we have, I mean, hey, they did they did a good job bending but don't breaking. Obviously, young guys, we, those switch concepts are going to get us. They've always gotten us so far this season. So um, it was good to see the young guys go in there and, and get some experience. Yeah. I mean, you're playing at a night game in, in live primetime TV. Those are like twice the experience in a regular 12 o'clock game. So – to see those young guys go in, especially help Kyle out, and to get better. You know, obviously, our guy, uh, <laughs> guys in that secondary, we can talk about them all day. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they, they, do, they do enough to pull off that victory. And I know Marcus Freeman is stressed out every game, but he finds a way to pull it through. Kyron Williams, like you said, great night. 22 for 199, just shot of the 200 mark. This is the incredible thing. 160 of his yards came after contact. Like, if you want to know running backs and who's going to translate to the NFL, Kyron Williams is going to translate to the NFL. I don't care where he gets drafted. I don't care if it's first, second, third, fourth, fifth round. Wherever he goes, he's going to translate. And whatever team gets him, he's going to be a plug-and-go guy. Yeah. Put him in, put him in, and he gets it done. And it's due to his versatility. For him to be able to be explosive on special teams – yeah, exactly. And then being able to put on tape the fact you can get put into the receiver set, you can catch some one on ones, you've shown you can do breakaway touchdowns, 91 yard touchdowns, you've shown that you can run in between tackles and run, yeah. run after contact 160 plus yards after contact. I mean, it's nothing that he can't do. And you know, the one most important thing he can do that can separate himself is he can block and pass. Pro. Look at Clemson's tape last year. He's sticking his head in there against Isaiah Simmons and yeah. all type of, 
you know, the, the talent that Clemson had. And, it, and Ian Book was helped out a lot in that game because of that. So Kyron Williams is a great teammate. He's shown all three phases of the game for a running back. He can block, he can catch, he can run. And he provides a special team presence that, I mean, without him, I think we will be in a lot of trouble this year. Yeah. Now, we have to give a shout-out, man, before we switch over to the D and see what Coach Brian Kelly had to say about the defensive performance tonight. And I'm going to bring up something. For me, that's a problem. I'm just going to I'm gonna bring up a problem with the way he dealt with his comments tonight. I have a problem with the way he protects one coach and then seems to throw another coach under the bus. We'll get to it in a minute. This offensive line. This offensive line, look, they have been much maligned all year long. This offensive line in the last three games has steadily improved. Something that we said, we've been saying it, Malik, like we're used to having an offensive line. We were crying about the offensive line because we've been spoiled with so many good offensive lines at Notre Dame. We said they will get better. And going into this Navy game and the rest of this season, you like what you see from this offensive line because they're getting really good push each and every week. And better than that, Jack Cohn has time to throw in the pocket. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Right now it's just about can we give ourselves a chance with enough time in this game? I'm not yeah. expecting us to be Hall of Fame through one season. Obviously, you want to see that progression. I mean, when we keep winning – Obviously, it's contributing to the wins, so I know we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, I'm just more concerned about in those tougher games down the, the in towards the end of the season. Can we block to give ourselves a chance? Now we've seen the teams that will hopefully have to play. Can we hold up against those teams? That's the real test for if we should be happy or not happy as a program on what our expectations have been and what they should hold and be up to. But <laughs> I saw a team down there play the Florida-Georgia game. That defense is something serious. Can we block that and have a chance to ever play? Look, <laughs> I, I do. I do. You know, I'll I'll face anybody as a fan. I'm ready to take on anybody. But I'm ready to take them on. I, I, don't, I don't know if I – I don't want any parts of that. that <laughs> I'm going to be flat out honest with you, bro. Man, they are so relentless. Look, Florida would move the ball in yeah. increments. And yeah. as soon as you felt like Florida had momentum, it would be it would just be like a huge defensive play or be a giant tackle or something. You'd be like, it's a hard drop. <laughs> they just not they're not giving up nothing. Nothing. Florida put up 44 points or something like that against LSU the week before. Heck, they put up 30 against Alabama. I don't even think Alabama can really mess with what they got going on. Well, I will say this, though. I don't know if they can beat Alabama with Stetson Bennett. No, 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 no. That, that I don't know. But, but if, they had a hat, if they had a Bryce Young at Georgia, that would yeah. be the greatest team of all time. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. On our previous show, we had the ACC Network's Host of the huddle, Jordan Cornette, former Notre Dame basketball player, all-time leader in blocks. He joined us on our preview show for this matchup, and he said the only way that North Carolina had a chance to even be in the game 
but forget winning, just being in the game is if Sam Howell went off for like 350. And yo, 24 for 31 for 341, 18 carries for 91. Like Sam Howell did everything he could to to will his team to a victory and to put out that type of effort. I saw him on the sideline as Notre Dame was running the clock down at the end of the game, just with this look on his face like, man, I don't know what else I can do. I, I really do think that, uh, I mean, the man did his thing. I think what kept him in the game so much and what kept giving him momentum was those those QB broken play runs for those four or five yards that kept Once him drive. We got to talk drive. about that. Breaking tackles, extending, yeah. so that only only would lead to him making more plays down the field and giving him confidence to take those shots like he was. I mean, the kid played to to his expectation. You know, yeah. it just so happens he ran into a team that just happens to just be a better team overall. So we had a good day, they had a good day, and our good day it was just better. So. Sam Howe, I mean, he's a guy that it takes a lot. Like, we had to score 44, 40-something points to yeah. even make it seem out of like it was a good versus good. So it just shows you the, the pressure that he puts on your offense that you know you got to score a certain amount to even be competitive. Yeah. And he, was able to, he was able to give us that challenge. And for us to be able to step up and Tommy have answers, like Coach Kelly said, I mean, it's just another exciting game in the Notre Dame season to watch, knowing that is they're going to give you everything you want and we can come out with a W at the end of the game. Brian Kelly talking about the defense and some of the miscommunications that had him upset, specifically two plays on a 33-yard touchdown uh, to Antoine, uh, Antoine Green and then the 53-yard uh, run by your guy Ty Chandler the transfer from Tennessee. Here's Brian Kelly talking about that. You know, we took away all the RPOs, right? So there were no RPOs. The one RPO they threw, you know, we picked it off. But, you know, you're playing three down, and you better be absolutely correct on every gap fit, or they, they, they ran a power, and, and we got pinned down, and we couldn't get over the top. They had a big play run. We had a couple of miscommunications on some man coverage situations that got to get cleaned up. I think personally, we we have to coach it better, and and do and put our players in a better position. We're going to lean on ourselves as coaches to help our kids get in better position. So wait a minute, with well, the offensive line struggle, you defend Jeff Quinn. <laughs> Talking about spring and summer, we've been over and over again. You talk about Jeff Quinn and what he caught over the summer and in the fall camp. You defend him and said it's not the coaching, it's not the coaching, and the unit that kept everything, the anchor for the team that kept everything above water until the offense could finally find this way. Now because things might not be going the right way because he has a defensive scheme against USC and North Carolina that totally goes against what he wants to do, which is keep the ball in front of you and just don't let this team beat you. Don't give up the big plays. The two big plays you gave up tonight, miscommunication, that's on the players. That's on the players. The other one, he just said it. You have Riley Mills, who's playing the end, 
and Howard Cross going into the same gap on the defensive line. And here they are running this running a stretch play. Big hole right there. Nobody can catch him. DJ Brown can't catch Ty Chandler. 53-yard touchdown. That's not on Marcus Freeman. That has zero to do with coaching. It's like if you're in a three-man front, there is no way the nose and the end should end up in the same gap. In a three-man front? That's not a play call. There's no play call. No, there's no play call. There's no play call in the world. No. Somebody doing that. No. So, I don't, I don't, yeah. The comment, the comment throws you off because it's like, wait a minute. It wasn't that long ago where you you was defending the coach. Like you said, it just I thought that was his his, his trend to yeah, defend the coaches. Yeah, you just came off a of bar, you talking about lean on the coaches, but I don't understand, I don't understand what he expected people to get from that response. Are you saying that there's some things that Coach Freeman got to work on after holding a team that's talented like that to what he did? And I'm not happy with the defensive performance. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, we're not happy. I'm with not it. happy with the defense. But a lot of it wasn't a coaching thing. Like, no. he, can't, he can't coach guys to want to tackle. No. You know, the arm tackling and Falling up the sides and, and you know little Emmys like that jumping staying on, on staying on your feet yeah stay on your feet it's basic stuff basic in the trenches stuff. stay on your feet the stuff they got recruited to come to Notre Dame and do there was some lapses in it and some of it was talent I mean it was sometimes in the game where Speak I missed mean, you on the text that we've had yeah the side the sideline speed is was not there on some occasions especially when it comes to slot receivers with speed that side to side chase down on bubbles or five and outs or stretch plays it's taking a while for guys to rally to the ball i mean guys are running down the field untouched for a while and so, the five chandler touchdown the first touchdown is basically a pitch play to the right in the red zone and drew white is unblocked Unblocked. You're couldn't unblocked. get there. Couldn't get there. So get there. that's not a coaching thing. No, no, <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. And we have been very complimentary of the effort from this Notre Dame defense and all the players involved. But it's yeah. obvious that with five to six games of tape, it's obvious that offenses have found the weak links that they want to go at, and with all of these bubbles. And with all these stretch plays, they they see that Notre Dame at the linebacker position can't run with them from sideline to sideline. Not with quick guys. And, no. And then, you know, we had a couple of penalties. J.D. Bertrand had coming to the – That was it? awful. That was awful. Well, it, but and once again, Bosky should have had the sack. Bosky should have had the sack. Should have had the sack. Should have never come to that. Bertrand is just trying to pressure him. And, you know, you can't come down with your arm like that. Yeah. It's undisciplined. You just, yeah, it's just undisciplined. Coach Kelly was right. He caught him on TV talking about that selfish football. It's just a mental error. It's just yeah. stuff you just can't do. Stuff you yeah. can't do. Not in, not in that situation. It was what? First and 15, second and what? Second. It was going to be, I believe, it was going to end up being third down. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something like. It was going to be yeah, second and long or third long, yeah. But it was those type of drives that kept sustaining them, and then it Sam Howell run for another five or six. So 
They North Carolina had a great plan coming in, uh, commended to Mac Brown having those boys ready, ready to play, ready to go. They definitely came out not being afraid. Um, they took shots at us, and the good thing is we we held up and we sent shots back. It was a, I knew it was a good moment for us as a team. Yeah, when we were able to get that long touchdown and we responded with a long touchdown, the next drive. That shows that we are, even with teams we're supposed to beat, we know how to not let the momentum carry us away. And Brian Kelly said it. He talked about the fifth straight team to have a bye week coming into the game against Notre Dame. He talked about it in the press conference, man. Look, they were a counter-heavy team when they ran the ball. They didn't run counter all night. They didn't run one counter play. So, like mm-hmm. I said, Mac Brown had them prepared. Yeah. They ran power, and, you know, they ran power out of the spread. Then they come back and they run a stretch out of the spread. So, you know, your linebackers are trying to key on the counter, and they're not getting getting that. They're not getting over the top and scraping on the stretch play or on the power. And you saw the holes in the running game, especially I think what set it up really is that when they came out, I want to say in that second or third drive, North Carolina came out, they ran quarterback power. Yeah, and that's and that's something that I think what you recognize against other great defenses, like when Clemson was had that great defense, Alabama and Nick Saban defense. Yeah. The, the, the thing that hurts all of those great defenses are quarterback run plays. It's the 11th man that, that you don't really consider as a threat running the football right. that has the biggest – threat to the defense because they're one not as prepared and two a dynamic quarterback in the middle of the field is hard to bring down when you're trying to cover the pass and the run so when you got a special kid like Sam Howe he's going to stress you from being dynamic with his feet and his arm and when he's able to be tough on some of those runs it proves against all great defenses you won't have a long day considering what can you stop the most and for him we were able to not so much stopping, but not letting just blow the game out of the proportion. Yeah, he came off of two back-to-back games of 250 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception in both of those games. You know, he broke the packaging tonight. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't wrapped up at all tonight. As I said before, the game he had 19, uh, 18 carries, 91 yards, 24-31 for 341. I still believe he needs to come back. For his senior year, you really? know, yeah, and unless he just wants to be Baker Mayfield in the pros, <laughs> basically, but you know, I think we've seen, I think we've seen the best we are now. If you get. feel like you've seen the best, you know, the only reason he would want to come back is if he feels like he doesn't want to go out after the peak of the last two seasons. Coming back, the youngsters will have the season under their belt. Josh Downs will be even better. Uh, their freshman receivers would be better. O-line would be better, so he'll have more talent around him. And maybe he just want to doesn't want to end everything on a sour note because, I mean, they play Wake Forest next week who's undefeated. They're 4-4. Four and four. You know, it's safe to say he might end this season sub-500. Yeah. You know, with the rest of their schedule. You know, does he want to go to the NFL, you know, on sour grapes, on a sour mm-hmm. note? You know, that's something mm-hmm. you have to think about. I'm sure somebody will fall in love with him. Yeah, I mean a Philadelphia, you know, he'll he'll the he'll find a definitely find a home. Yeah. 
thing too because you know tonight he broke the all-time passing record in North Carolina history. I mean, the, the kid's got a lot of great accolades he's been able to accomplish. So, from a completing things, I know he wasn't probably thinking national championships. So, from a personal accolade standpoint, he's been able to uh, be successful doing that. Once again, Notre Dame, 44-34 winner tonight at Notre Dame Stadium as they defeat Mac Brown and his North Carolina Tar Heels. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball before we get your players of the game. That three-man front is something that we have an issue with. Not so much because of the scheme, but number one, if you th if you go to three-down linemen, your linebackers have to be really good, or they should be really good, and they should be able to flow sideline to sideline really fast, take away the bubble screens, take away the outside runs. Then your outside linebackers should be able to really rush the passer. You saw when Isaiah Foskey went out for a series or two, the lack of pass rush that really exists, you know, with Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I don't know where, you know, Jason Adimioloa has gone lately, but his pass rush is not getting the push. As I said before, we love Kurt Heinisch and everything he represents, but he is what he is. You know, he's the captain, but he is what he is from a production standpoint in the middle of the defense. And you just can't have Heinisch and Drew White having off nights at the same time. You can't, you can't have that happening. And Howard Cross came in. He had an up-and-down game. As I said before, he and Riley Mills in the same gap in a three-man front. That just can't happen. There's no play call from that. There is no stunt where that exists. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is just Marcus Freeman got to get his guys in. I mean, for it to be the first year, he's dealing with a lot of guys that aren't schemed to, specific to what he wants to do. And, it, and it's obvious when you're trying to go one direction and guys aren't built for that direction. You're going to see glaring issues that recruiting will fix. And that's what I'm confident that they'll be able to address in this offseason. But at the same time, for them to be able to make it work to still be uh, the record that we have only losing one game. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's working. Obviously, we're a spoiled fan base who wants to be undefeated and blow every team out by 100 points, and everybody's got to have a great game. But, you know, we did flash at moments to at the linebacking spot, being able to get some TFLs and, and stretching the offense so they don't really cut creases up the field. But it, it just was times where you would expect us to be better is where we uh, had some like, man, some eye-raising issues. Like, man, where's the where's the guys at? Or why yeah. are there so many missed tackles, you know? So, but that's something that you'll see when um, you're going against a good team. Now, let's not act like Josh Downs and Sam Howe aren't NFL caliber type players. So those guys definitely – are going to make you a little frustrated anyway <laughs> playing them every Saturday. So for us, we're frustrated, but we were able to hold them good enough to, to get the dub. I can say I can tell you one thing. If Brendan Armstrong was watching this game, he is licking his chops. Oh, yeah. When he sees the total yardage that Sam Howell was able to put up on the ground and through the air, he can't wait until Notre Dame comes to town to face the Cavaliers in a couple of weeks and that's a game where you have to sure up the things that ailed you in this game the miscommunication the lack of tackling and 
you know, not really being disruptive and getting into the backfield and getting enough pressure on Sam Howell, you have to correct that before you face off against Virginia, who has an even more explosive offense and a more efficient offense, you know, than North Carolina. And that's going to be in hostile territory, you know, on the road. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I'm excited to see that because I do think that that would be the challenge on a, on a secondary level that we need to see because we need to continue to work on our open space tackling. I mean, teams are going to keep taking advantage of it, especially a team like Virginia. That's, that's really that's what they want to do most and go to. So for us, we got to be disciplined enough to be like, okay, we know what teams are going to try. This is a good challenge with Virginia. Hopefully we get 14 back and, and those young guys can continue to watch tape each week. I mean, this is what it's about. When you go to Notre Dame, you're going to be challenged each and every week. You got to grow up fast. Yeah. But like I said, these night games are double the experience points that you'll get, you know, for for being ready to go each and every week when your numbers call. And then another thing, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Early on, you saw three. You saw Houston Griffith coming down into the box. You saw Houston Griffith coming down into the box early on. And with him coming down into the box, you know, it was really hard watching him miss tackles and miss assignments, not being able to get Sam Howell down on the ground. And you're saying to yourself, like, yo, number 14 is sorely missed tonight. And that's what you saw tonight. You saw that chess piece each and every week for Marcus Freeman that is Kyle Hamilton. And when you don't have that, it's just certain small plays on each and every drive that he makes, certain things that he does that stops the opponent from being able to continue drives you know, just his presence. And so the lack of presence from Kyle Hamilton was definitely sorely missed tonight in this matchup. And, you know, other than that, I think from the defensive side of the ball, you have to be happy from a point standpoint. If you look at it from the standpoint of take away the two big plays, right? Everybody says that. Well, if you take away these two big plays, I think we played okay. But you can't take away the two big plays. They are what they are. And – Yo, that's all you can say. You have to yeah, I mean, board. The lucky thing is, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, right? You feel horrible about the performance. You're happy about the win. And then you come in Tuesday and it's Navy week. So, I mean, <laughs> so, so even though you played poorly, you probably feel doubly good about getting the W because you have to come in Tuesday and you know what's coming for you. And it look, I don't care what anybody says. I don't know what the forecast is. It's going to be sub 40. It's always <laughs> extra cold when Navy shows up for no reason. Just yeah. for no reason. And, it, and it's good to see us feel good about this high scoring game. We yeah. got all the energy out, but this is a week where you got to uh, you got to find them extra pads in the, yeah. in the equipment room to put on and this is an ugly game to want to prepare for, but this is something that in the middle of a season like this, we need to be able to show discipline to be able to come out and, and, and finish like we're supposed to. So this is at a, a tough time, but the right time for us to play this team. And, I mean, we got good momentum after winning against a tough quarterback. Now we got to go against a whole nother dynamic. So each and every week we take a sip and then we pour some out. For the players of the game, presented by Anora Whiskey, go to AnoraWhiskey.com, that American premium whiskey. So, 
Without further ado, Lefty, take it away. Tell us your players of the game on both sides of the ball. Shoot. Player of the game for me is none other than Kyron Williams. I mean, the man was special. It's hard to uh, look past that 91-yard touchdown he had. Just incredible to show the versatility and just the toughness. Getting late in the game, you need something to take the or put the nail in the coffin. 23 is the number I'm calling, and he eases the offense around him. Had everybody else's day a lot easier, and and it's just good to see. And <laughs> got to give some love to those young guys in the secondary as well. Even though they're not the player of the game, they're the guys that we needed to give some credit to because I'm telling you what, it's not easy to be the next man in in the night game defending against an NFL-caliber quarterback with a with an NFL-caliber receiver that he's throwing to every play. We're able to not let them do everything that they wanted, but we were able to manage it as well. And I'm just another drop in the bucket, man. Another great victory for us. Kyron, man, I can't ask you to stay because you've done so much for us. But, man, I'm selfish right now. I need you to just finish out this strong for us and get us to that championship. Yeah, man. I totally agree with that. Now, after we get our players of the game, how do you think your three keys to a dub went? I think the three keys went well. I do think that I, I predicted that it would be greater later. The yeah. second half will be better than the first. Yeah. In the first half, we do a good job of psychologically figuring out what our opponent is doing by not as well letting ourselves get too far out of the way, but not also too far in front. So it doesn't give us the complexion of, okay, we're either going to blow the lead or we're going to not be able to come back. So for us to be able to keep it close and then be able to figure out the formula to be successful in the second half, I mean, it, it proved to be great for us. Yeah, James McNeil says right here, the ND linebackers appear to be slow. They may have average speed, but not fast enough. Yeah, we've chronicled that. We, point out, we pointed out several plays, whether it was the bubble screens, Drew White being unblocked on the goal line, not being able to get to a simple pitch play. And um, there were several other plays in the game where you saw the lack of that elite speed, that especially if you're going to be in a three-man front. You know, when you're in a three-man front, you're trying to really highlight the speed you have at linebacker and at the safety position. So, and then we talked about, you know, Houston Griffith coming down, missing tackles. You missed Kyle Hamilton being that guy in the box, making those key tackles and being the chess piece that he is for this Notre Dame defense each and every week. I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm Kyle Hamilton, I'm like, man, I'll be back against Virginia. Like the game, I come back. You want me to come back against Navy? That's the, that's the game you want me to come back. It was good to see him walking around on the sideline, charting plays. Though I know he's yeah. good to play, but it was good to see him active, walking, look like he's much better, and hopefully he'll be back on the uh, field soon. Yeah, you, you got your red pen. I'm a red pen. You got your red pen. Let's go ahead and give out the grades. Let's start with the offensive line tonight. What's the grade you give them the offensive line? Now, last week, you were really lenient coming into that USC game. I mean, you pretty much gave A's all the way. I had to stop short and let you know special teams wasn't getting the A. I can, I can give special teams an A tonight. Yeah, I can definitely give special teams an A. You know, your boy Jonathan Doerr, man, you know, he's, he's, he's doing seconds. his job. Five seconds. He's doing his job. Let's Five just seconds. Like that. That's it. That's it. <laughs> He only gets five seconds. But listen, 
Let's <laughs> let's let's move on. Offensive line. What's the great offensive <laughs> line? I'm telling you what, I'm giving them a B today because I just believe that you know this is the the average O line that I expected to not the average, but this is yeah. the the less than the super gold standard that we had set. And for us to come out here and not do the the best in the world, but not do the worst in the world either. For us yeah. to stay on par and not so much take too many steps forward, but we didn't take any steps back this week either. So I'll give us a B for the overall. All right, let's go to the quarterbacks, Tyler Buckner and Jack Cone. How do you think they fared tonight? You know, I think the combo. It we're, we were a better team in North Carolina, so we could pull off stuff like this. I think they both had great shining moments. But it's just odd. You would think that if that was a strategy we use, we would produce a lot more points to do as heavy as we did in the first half to only come up with 17 and then to put up the numbers we did yeah. in the second half with less of that. I don't know. Maybe that's something that we should see moving forward and maybe that's something we can stick with starting in the second half like we did the first half. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the running backs tonight. You got your boy Logan Diggs who gets his first touchdown in a Notre Dame uniform. And then Kyron Williams, Woo! 22 for 199, 160 of those yards coming after contact. Justin Fox gets the ultimate stiff arm. He should have learned about it and, and saw it as he prepared and watched tape. Unfortunately, he was on the receiving end of one that led to a broken play, 91-yard touchdown run by Kyron Williams. Good. If you give them anything short of an A, we're gonna have a problem. You, you sitting there thinking about can it. Give like, it can, we give it can we give it an A plus? Can we give it an A plus? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Kyron deserves an A plus because man, you talk about putting the team on your back. There's not many running backs we've had that have been able to do all three phases as well yes, as he's been able to do it. Yes, sir. From a blocking, running, and catching standpoint. I mean, if you think back to what we've had with like Theo and Sierra, yeah, Theo was like our guy to do all the catching and the and the pitching and the outside run. Sierra's our power back, home run hitter. It's the first time we've had a guy that it was literally the, the mix of both of them. I mean, he's shifty. He can take it 91. He can run through tackles. And so, and he catch ball to backfield. So, that's just an all-in-one player. Uh, I don't know how he wasn't a five-star coming out of high school the way he's been able to improve each year and show us that he's worth all the work we put in. Well, man, running backs coach Lance Taylor, man, from the NFL and Stanford, success he had out there with those running backs. He's definitely shown his wares at Notre Dame so far with the development of Kyron Williams. You know, you see uh, Audrey Estime is coming down the pipeline. You see Bo Flemister, Chris Tyree, who was on special teams tonight. He'll get more action in the backfield, according to Brian Kelly, next week against Navy. So, you know, the depth in the backfield is great. Let's go to the pass catchers tonight. What's your, what's your grade for them? I'm giving them a B. I think that you why know, because of that Lorenzo Styles drop that you want to yeah, play with yeah. Jack Cole. It, it could have been. It could have been great. I think uh, it's good to see the receivers getting more competitive in the one on one. I think that was something that has been a concern for me early on. Was what's our one on one competition like when the ball's in the air? And when it's man versus man, can we win our routes? Can we can we win the 50-50 balls? Yeah. And we did a great job of that. Kevin Austin's 50-50 ball. He won it for a touchdown today. 
Uh, Avery Davis went in his one-on-one routes. Yeah. I think the receivers look pretty solid today. Uh, I think Kevin Austin, every time he's out there, I just think he should just catch it every time. I don't know. Right. Just, just get anxious. Every time I see a, a tall guy out there on a shorter guy and he has to overextend and you overthrowing him, it just brings me anxiety, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> he had another big catch on a third, and I think a third and eight when he came, mm-hmm. ran a comeback against Grimes and was able to catch it about a yard in front of the sticks and turn and get by him to complete the first down or convert that. That was a huge third down conversion as well late in the game. I still think he should play inside a lot more with Michael Mayer. Every well, day they actually stacked him on the same side Yeah, on a couple of third that. downs that turned into some nice plays. So it's a lot of different ways you can have them, opposite slots, same side, bunched up a little bit. Definitely use both of those chess pieces you have on the offensive end to give you the advantage. Yeah, so I got to give those guys a B-plus today. I want to give, give them an A when they're catching the game-winning touchdown. You know, if they catch the game-winning touchdown, I'll give them an A. But today, they deserve a B. Uh, hopefully, Brady Lindsey comes back, you know. But, man, it's, it's good and bad when you get a, to see more of the Winslow Styles, you know. <laughs> Yo, Brady just happened to bang his head early in the game. Yeah. And like you said, once, you know, Lil Zoe got going. <laughs> It was a wrap. Like, man, we, we took it. They took his helmet. They took his gloves. They took everything. Brian Kelly said after the game, he had a conversation with him, and he's, you know, he's doing well. Yeah, protocol, but it wasn't that bad. You know, he kind of joked and said he recited the, uh, I forget, not the Constitution, but uh, one of those older documents from yeah. a revolutionary time. You know, nice little joke, and everybody laughed, and it's like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, I, yeah. Doubt he, I doubt he even knows the first line. Everybody <laughs> else in there knew it either. So, my thing too is that Coach Kelly ain't pressing him coming back after seeing 21 out there. So, no, he's, uh, no not at all. He says, probably say, you go ahead and take your time on that. Let's go to the other side. What's your grade for the defensive line tonight? I'm interested in this grade right I'm now. I'm giving him a C, man, because like you said, I got 57, man. It just. I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't for him tonight. Now I saw 95 back there, Tackle by Lowell back there a lot, but he was just back there a lot. I didn't see him too much disrupting as much as I would have liked to. Saw him running past the quarterback a lot, but I thought they would come out with their hair on fire, knowing Navy was next week. Yeah, and then you got good old Kirk. You know, I mean, you know, he looks the part. So it's just interesting that the D line they make plays. When you got guys like Isaiah Fowski out there, you know, he's going he's gonna to cover up for a lot of what we probably lack on a play-to-play basis as a, as a total group. But I give him a C because I wish I would have seen more stopping Sam Howe from getting those five, six-yard runs that extend those drives. And some of the tackles that they were um, not making at that first line of defense that could have prevented some of the other bigger plays throughout yeah. the game. Could have came in handy as well. I think Nana Asafa Mensa made some big plays tonight as well mm-hmm. uh, along the defensive line. I like what I saw from him. Uh, Isaiah Foskey, other than, you know, not making that sack, that tackle, completing the sack and allowing Sam Howell to get outside, which led to the personal foul from J.D. Bertrand. Other than that, he had a decent night. But like you said, I understand that C grade. I would probably agree with that. Um, if the D-line got seized, I'm scared to go to the linebackers, bro. Man, 
They just they just they play well and they and we won, so you can't can't dog them. But man, there was some times where I wish I didn't see them as open as I did. I would be hoping that they would be trying to get off a block or there was just sometimes where it looked like we just we were trying real hard, we just couldn't get there. Yeah. So for moments like that, you can only give a grade so high. So I give us a C at the linebacking uh, position. Some of it I do think recruiting will help in the future. Right now we're still adjusting and, and playing good to be able to try to fit into a defense where I'm pretty sure they would be more comfortable in other sorts of different uh, uh, formations. That defensive backfield without Kyle Hamilton. You know, you got to get those guys a B, man, because I feel like it could have been a lot worse. And for us to give up what we did and, and still win the game, yeah. it shows that they didn't win because we were doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did a good <laughs> job. But we was doing something to slow them down. And Brian Kelly said in his press conference that the plan for them was to take away the RPOs. They did a really good job of that. They took they away the RPOs. They gave, you know, they gave away the slants, but that plays into the whole thing about the inside pursuit you need from your linebackers, you know, giving up the bubble, uh, not the slants, but the bubble uh, screens for Josh Downs and others. And then, you know, the miscommunication on a 33-yard touchdown uh, to Antoine Green. And other than that, you know, but we can't say take those away. You know, with all of that included, you know, a B, B minus is probably, is probably a fair grade considering they didn't have Kyle Hamilton. And once again, the, the, the threesome of Isaiah Pryor, uh, DJ Brown, and Houston Griffith, kudos. Kudos. You did a job. That's you got them all in front of you for the most part. You want to see develop, too. You yeah. want to see a, a, a core group like that stay together and grow up together in moments like those, those night games in Notre Dame Stadium. Everybody's watching. That's how you develop into that. Maybe even DBU, man. I might even put that out there. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't put those three letters in that group in a long time. I don't even know if ever, but this is that. That's this is how you build a group like that. These are all young guys about the same age. You've got a, a veteran guy of 14 leading them, especially now that he's leaving next year. He's going to leave a great uh precedent, yeah, and an example for them to want to strive to because that's a first rounder, so right, great example leaving and. And young guys growing together. I think it's a good formula behind Marcus Freeman and what he's trying to build with the defense. I'm still upset that Kelly framed the that response the way he did. I feel like uh if you're gonna save one coach, save them all, especially if we won. I mean, you act like we you he, was all, he was upset. Like he lost or something. Oh, he, he was definitely was upset at the end of that. the first half. Yeah, he well, the field goal because he was he kept walking by Marcus Freeman chirping. And it's like, yo, you're about to go in the locker room. Whatever you have to say, just say it in the locker room. It's a 17 to 13 game. Like, we're playing a, a quarterback that's good. This ain't no, this ain't no regular, you know, guy. This is yeah. a guy that's nobody's really, really shutting down. I don't know what you want him to do. Right. <laughs> What were you expecting? You expect him not to score anything or do anything? I mean, no, scoring. I'm sure they expected to hold them to about 24 points. Yeah, you know, thirteen in the first half with a guy like that. I mean, hey, yeah, twenty-four points. And if they had tackled better and, and communicated better and not given up the big plays, they probably would have held them in the twenties. But you know, it is what it is. 
It is right. really good. Tommy Reese, Tommy Reese tonight has to get an A. Tommy gets an A, you know, anytime you get 40 points in a game, that's a well-called game. Point that you didn't think they would ever get this half of the season. I'm just reminding you of the pack. I didn't know Kyra was going to run 91 yards today. I didn't know, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, Kyra would surprise you, man. It would bring out some some some, some heavy-hitting runs. So, and that, We were being nice because old boy had three field goal attempts. He did have three field goal attempts. We should have converted at least two of those for touchdowns. So, at, at honestly, we should have been up to 50, but, you know. But you know, you're just happy that we can continue to be a one loss team. Yeah. It's going yeah. back to us being sport as a fan base, man. One loss team right now in the thick of the season. There's only a few out there and we're one of them. And this is it's hard to win in college football. We keep yeah. continuing to make it look easy, especially the tough games where it's close. Yeah. So and uh the tough games close that's something to, to respect. Lucky Lefty Nation, you know I'm going to give my partner all hell Tuesday on the slant because I'm definitely bringing Iowa up. You can believe that. <laughs> okay, but you can believe that. Iowa this is not the appropriate time. This is not the appropriate time. But oh, I'm bringing Iowa up. And all I listen to what say. We have to explain the Iowa game. No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't have to explain anything. We don't have to, we don't have to explain a darn thing. We don't have to explain a darn thing. Iowa is just like the team they lost to. They're just like they're just like you're team. right. They're both trash. You're right. <laughs> they're both trash. You're absolutely right. They're both trash. You're right. You're absolutely right. I can't wait to talk about it on the slant. We'll yeah, see. can't wait to get to the slant this week because this weekend, man, I got some things to say about Iowa. I got some things to say about Jim Harbaugh. I got some things oh, to say. Man. Okay. So we're going to get into it on the slant. But let's finish this up. Once again, Notre Dame wins 44-34 to 34 over North Carolina. Uh, they go into hell week. That's not. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Lucky Lefty himself and other That's former – Notre Dame players, the week leading up to Navy, the players know what it's about to be like. They know it's going to be cold. Hey, it's never an easy game. Never an easy game. And what makes it so tough, man, is that it's, it's very simple. You know, you get to all the glitz and glamour of college football you play at Notre Dame, you get to travel, you know, you get to play teams all over the country, prepare for all different styles and things in, in the ever-evolving college football landscape. Yeah. And you get a week like Navy where it's the most foundational football, basic, simplified, tough, what the game was built off of in the beginning. Facts. Stuff that you you got to have a different mindset for, and I think Coach Kelly does a great job of building a culture to where weeks like this doesn't change for us. Yeah, and that's going to be the the messaging and the mental preparation going into this game is it's like you're preparing for two games in one, like you're going to war because it's very strategic, it's very uh, intentional and detailed. Just like war, because the littlest things can 
can crease you, and it's a slow pain because they're going to milk the clock. They're going to milk you all the way down the field, get you frustrated. So you really got to be locked in. And this is a, you know, they these guys do it for real in real life. So even though they don't look big, they're blocking like they're six eight. <laughs> they they did a real definition of going to the end of the whistle. Right. So it's it's no diva in this game for us, and, and thank goodness we don't have too much of it. But uh, this is a game where, you know, Tyler Buckner may have to run over three or four guys, but you know them guys are gonna get right back up and have the same energy like the last one. Yeah, you're not gonna get the six foot five, three hundred and fifty pound soft dude. No. That you get at other power fives like these guys might be barely three hundred. Yeah, they're gonna be a, a slim fit, whatever they are. Two fifty. The force and the power that they play with, and the heart they play with, like there's no such thing as like taking their heart. Yeah, you can't beat the heart at no, no, you can take them out of their game. You yeah, you just gotta front. be a better team. You can't. Yeah, you just be yeah. a better team and take them out of being able to run the ball and take them off script. Yeah. Which impacts them. You can do that, but you're not taking their heart. But yeah, you're not about to beat them into no submission. No, no. no. <laughs> That's no. the only thing they do to them. Oh, these dudes take heels for a living, man. You think they're yeah. about to come to Notre Dame? <laughs> nah, not taking their heart. They're definitely not intimidating. Them and you, if you if you saw them two weeks ago, you saw the way they played number two Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati had to go down to the wire to seal that game. So we'll cover an onside kick. So you can expect the same type of effort. 100%. Same type of effort. And like I said, this is a game we get through this. It's going to mentally and physically prepare us better for the rest of the games we got going down. Oh, man. Like I said, they come off Navy and go against that finesse Virginia team. They're gonna be in heaven, like dude. From, from hard to soft, I tell you. We that. get to run around, chase the quarterback. <laughs> You're lucky if you get a sack against Navy. Lucky. Yeah, you letting the Lions out the cage in Virginia week the week after, but yes, right sir. now, this is like a grabbing fish in a barrel, not shooting. Yes, sir. This has been the wrap up show. Notre Dame once again, forty four to thirty four victors over North Carolina. We'll be back this week for the slant. You can watch a replay. Other wrap-up show on the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube channel tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. You can watch it in its entirety once again. Go like, share, subscribe to the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube channel. And then, of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. For my main man, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire, that overtime Malik, I'm Sean Davis, man. At SD2 Mics, we got it done. We spin it different, baby. Spin it different and on to Navy right here. The Lucky Lucky Podcast. We'll see you guys next week on the slant. You're listening to the Lucky Lucky Podcast with Malik Zaire. Never will there ever be another like me. Um, you can play the left because it ain't no right at me. And Sean is.